This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out with Richie Ote. What's up, Richie Ote? The very clean-shaven Richie Ote. I like it, man. You look like a baby. I know. Like a baby. My daughter was like... Who is that man? Oh, I like it because it doesn't it doesn't poke her anymore (laughs) when I give her a kiss. But it's all Uh, good. Mary Goulet is uh, out with uh, with Dave. Unfortunately, his uh, his dad's not doing well. So we'll uh, we'll give our best to Mary and uh, and to Dave and. Hope your uh, hope your dad's doing okay there, brother. But um, we'll miss you, Mary, and uh, and we'll see you very, very, very soon. And we are joined in studio today. And fortunate to have you here, brother, man. A man in demand. Dr. Chris Zeno is hanging out with us, dude. What's up, man? What's going on, Steve? Oh, you super, super, super yeah. excited to have you here. Are you are you San Diego? No, I'm Park City, Utah. Yeah, that's what Via I thought. Houston. Flew in to hang yes. out with us. That's what I thought, and uh, it's good to. Good to have you here, man. And you've got a, a pretty interesting storied background. And I know you're doing a lot of different things uh, in terms of really helping people live to their full potential, become you know really the hero that they were meant to be. And, and we'll get to a lot of that. Um, but your story that got you to this particular juncture in time uh, is pretty dang interesting, man. I, I mean, uh, obviously, I will let you tell the majority of the story, but one of the things that we do share in common is um, I actually had part of my colon removed, whereas you had a, an illness that took you. I mean, and let's let's we got to paint the picture here, folks. So, uh, so if you haven't seen a picture of Dr. Chris, and what you got to understand here is, um, it, it, was it Mister America? Which which uh, title did you win? So in '98, I won Mister America. It was Mister America. In yeah. 2016, I uh, won the Mister Universe. Really? Whoa. Yeah, I came back. Wait, in your weight division or in or overall? No, I won the light heavyweight. So light, heavy. light heavyweight class and got my pro card. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. dude. So and in between all of that, yes. you got incredibly sick, right? I mean, yeah. like literally on your deathbed type mm-hmm. sick. So take us back. So coming, um, so way back. Have you always been into uh, bodybuilding and your health and the whole? I mean, because you're you're stacked, dude. I mean, let's let's be honest. You're what five seven five six. Yeah, five six on a good day. You're yeah. like me, right? Yeah, five seven five that. six, right? And you're uh, you're not in competition right now, but you're probably walking to right around nine percent body fat. Yeah, about two two thirteen. About yeah, real close. Probably four weeks away from a show if I had to be. So not uh, around nine percent body fat. About yeah. two thirteen right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and and your arms. 20 are they are they are they 20 let's, on a typical call, on a good let's day call it 20 let's, let's call it 20 all right fine <laughs> so it. so not a small dude who yeah. obviously takes care of yourself man was this always a thing for you like from as long as you can remember and when's the first time you did roids yeah oh 100 <laughs> percent. so uh i wanted you know a lot of people's like well i Arnold, did roids by the know, way Arnold, i did two cycles yeah I'll t- i'm uh, the first I'll, to admit it i did I'm in college i had transparent yeah uh, I, uh, a lot of people want to be like Arnold and, and stuff when they're growing up. I just want to look like my dad. Like my dad was just built. He was the guy who like, he did a lot of construction and he worked, you know, just in Brooklyn. Italian, Italian, Italian. Big, big barrel chest, big forms. And I was like, I just all like, natural. Oh yeah. Like, and he was, the he guy was who, just stacked. He, as just, a... he did like a salami sandwich and, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like the guy just ate and a pound of mortadella, you right? know, and like... then he's, he looks great. And he was in the air force. So I was like, so did that, he ever work out or was it just like a natural oh, no, no, genetic he thing? Out. He did too. He worked okay. out. It sounded like he was just doing stuff all the time. No. Yeah. He was doing, but then he did work out. So he was your first hero. That was it. 
Yeah. And so I wanted to be like my dad. So when we moved from uh, Long Island, New York to Florida, like all New Yorkers do, my dad's like, we'll move to Florida. Here's your bribe. I'll put a weight system in your room. Like a universal so, kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. At the universal. And then I started working out at 12 and I responded really well. So then that almost that became part of my identity because now that's I wasn't I was kind of a quiet kid. So I was getting attention. I looked a certain way in all this mm-hmm. uh, way. So I, I did that. So I, you know, I at 21, I went to the Mr. America, won that. And then at 21, my dad. Wait, had, but let, let's back up for a second. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, 21. So we're talking about. So this is in the in the 80s in the, the 90s, 98, 98, 98. 98. Mm-hmm. OK, my math is off. Right. Um, so. At that point, who so who were the big stars in, in 98? I mean, we're talking um, – oh, God, what's Come that on. guy's name? I'm trying to place it. The Bernie um, – uh, Hank. Hank, uh, who's, the, who's the guy who won, like, all the Olympias for a while? Was that – Yeah, Lee Haney. Lee Haney. That's right. the word, Haney. Haney, yeah. yeah. Dorian Yates and then Sean Rays and Kev Larones and Flex Wheelers. Right. Were you competing yeah. with those guys at no, that point? No, no, no. Uh, no, no. They were – that was the IFBB Pro. Mr. America was uh, – it was. It had such a great title, but it was an organization that was fading. It was more around the world, but those guys was the, the, the call the IFBB, and that's that was in 2016 when I uh, won I the, the universe at that. But those guys, were, and the thing is, they didn't have social media or internet, so you only got right. to see them in a magazine, and it was larger than life at that time. Muscle and fitness, sure. man. Right, Weeder. You know the Weeder brothers. You know, I, I read them. it. I oh, yeah. didn't didn't do anything for me. I mean, I was expecting just to turn the pages and get stacked. That did right. not happen. How about all the things they used to sell you in there, and you would drink this junk, and nothing? I never looked like those guys. Yeah, <laughs> but obviously you were getting a lot of attention. Your yeah. body took, responded well to it. Were you juicing back in the day, like in your um, in your my, late teens? The, the first time I did I, when I went to Florida State University, because here's the it thing: it always with, happens in college. I mean, that's, you know, uh, you know why? Because what, it's, what people understand, it's not a laziness issue. What people understand is performance-enhancing drugs just allow you to actually work harder. Mm-hmm. Like, so I could do chest 80 times a year, not 50, <laughs> right? And um, so I was in college, right, yeah. Florida State University, and we're looking at, like, guys who are all going to the pros in football. It's all over the place. And I and all I want to do, because that was such my identity, we just want to get as large and as charged so as let, possible. So let me, let me paint the picture yeah. here again. So you're, I mean, you're a good-looking dude. You got a good personality. Mm-hmm. You got a great body. You're at Florida State University. Yes. So you're just, I mean, it's like just fishing in a barrel, basically. It was the number one, that, to pick up girls, the number one area <laughs> in the world was voted Florida State University Library. Right. That's when we actually oh, went to library. library. The library. Number one place in the world. <laughs> yeah. Because no, none of the other guys were there. That's why it was right. the best yeah. place. So it, was, so it wasn't yeah. Jim Tan Laundry. It was, it was Jim Tan Library. Right. That's not, that was your GTL, yes. GTL Jim it Tan Library. It was such a cool school. Library. It was really nice. Oh, man. It was great. So did you actually have aspirations to, like, get a degree and do something with it? Like, or oh, were you yeah. just hanging in Florida State just because it was Florida State? No, no, no. I was going to go there, uh, get my degree in exercise physiology. Okay. Because was, everything was around training. Because, that was again, that was such my identity. I was like, well, I love training. I get attention from it. Um, this is what I know. Yeah. So exercise fizz would be the next step yeah. you know, to do that. And, and also at the time, 94 and 18, I really don't know what I want to do. So yeah. it's like, uh, like I love, like when you talk about college, it's like it was the worst time for me to go to college is when I really don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, well, I'll work. is anything to do with working out? Okay, I'll do that, right? So <laughs> so uh, did, did you end up getting that degree? Did you end up being oh, yeah. a trainer? Did you like take, take yeah. us through then what ended yeah. up happening? So you, you came out of school. You ended up getting into the fitness profession. Right. Okay. So after Florida State, I transferred from Florida State to the University of Central Florida in Orlando. And that's where I, uh, I competed and I won the Mr. America. 
And the cool thing is now I have this degree in exercise phys. I got the title of Mr. America um, on cover of magazines. The internet's starting to grow now, so I started writing for uh, sites like bodybuilding.com, you know, huge sites. So this is early 2000s-ish? Yeah, 98-ish. Okay, yeah, okay. And the cool thing is with that title and with that degree, uh, you guys remember the show Xena Warrior Princess? For sure. Right, right. So they, they did all the shooting in New Zealand. If you go downtown right now at Comic-Con, there's probably about 50 of them <laughs> right there more right now. More than that. Yeah, more than <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah I, I texted my son. He's so upset that, that he's not here. <laughs> so that was the first time where for these TV shows, they had, they had to have a gladiator-looking physique. Mm-hmm. And so I was the trainer at Universal Studios for those celebrities. They did a lot of the footage in New Zealand, but a lot they did at Universal Studios, Florida. And I worked with uh, some of Lando Magic guys privately. Just you know, cause Pretty dream gig. I mean, Steve. working with the pros, yeah. working with the celebrities, right? At 21, I remember myself saying, if I just could do this, I'm good. Yeah. Because it was yeah. great. It was almost like this boutique thing. It was great. And uh, that, Were I, you happy? I was sure. Yeah. I was doing great. Uh, then at 26, you know, I meet my wife, Whitney. And uh, this is kind of where the unknowns happen. You know, at 26, I get married. Six months into marriage. Now, remember, guys, I started working at 12. So now I'm 26. 14 years, my identity is this guy. Yeah. And six months into my marriage, I just started going to the bathroom a lot. No big deal. And I started bleeding every time I went to the bathroom. Big deal. Yeah. Uh, not saying anything. Because, you know, remember when I was in our 20s, any ailment we had just kind of just friggin' went away. This didn't. Mm-hmm. And then I made the mistake. I, I played Google Doctor, right? People go on Google and type in their symptoms. And when you put blood in stool, uh, you see cancer. Mm-hmm. And up until that point, I believed uh, your health was mainly genetic, right? So my dad had cancer. My grandfather, I never met had cancer. And mm. uh, I didn't – we never – we were never taught in school about epigenetics or like we have control over mm. our circumstance environment. And I saw that. I was like, man, not at 26. So I just didn't say anything. I got worse and worse. Then my entire life was dictated by this condition. I, I would carry clothes in the back seat because you always had the urge to go. It was just blood and mucus. And so you I, were going 10 to 15 times a day, right? Like all – Almost constantly on the constantly. Ground. How long did it take till you said something? When I shit my pants in public, mm-hmm. like that was the day that I realized. Because see, it's so subtle, and you just kind of get used to things. Then I would go, like I would go to a place. Where's the bathrooms? I had this whole routine. Not realize it's taking over my life. I was at a TJ Maxx on a Sunday, and the bathrooms were closed. The guys like just go out to Sports Authority next door. And I'm, I'm trying to leave TJ Maxx, but I'm nervous. So this fear is mm-hmm. coming in. And in front of about 40 people was uh, the first of many times I, I lost my bowels in public. And let me tell you, it's like that was the moment I'm sitting there and people are looking at you because they never seen that because yeah. it's blood. Like, uh, like you imagine seeing blood in my je- jeans coming out. And, and, I'm, and there was that, that moment where I'm like, like, this is rock bottom. Mm-hmm. You're mortal. Run out of yeah. there. Call my wife. Hey, let me just tell you what happened. And I was really good at hiding it. She's like, what are you, are you kidding me? But she so, had to know you were going to the bathroom 10, 15 times a she day. Just, she I, thought I was just getting lean because mm-hmm. I, was, I was losing weight, right? Mm-hmm. My face is getting chiseled. I mean, she, my wife, no matter how – I ate raw for two years. She st- still thought I looked muscular. You know, just like mm-hmm. that's the way my wife sees me. And uh, we went to the hospital. They did a colonoscopy. They diagnosed with me with uh, ulcerative colitis. The doctor's like, it's an incurable terminal disease. And they load me on prednisone. And if you ever had that mm-hmm. experience, it's brutal. It's stress hormone. And they gave me a drug called Xanax and Valium that made me feel good. I could go to sleep, but I didn't know I would get hooked on it. Mm-hmm. And then I got worse and worse. And then they, I got medically induced hepatitis from the drugs. Jeez. So, like, my liver's dying. And so they're treating me for that. Then I went to Dallas, Texas for the four top doctors. They gave me a low-dose chemotherapy. 
Remicade infusions, interferon shots for the, or, uh, for the liver, and then they gave me an organ rejection medication. If you're listening right now, God forbid you ever have an organ transplant. If you do, your body will reject it. So they give you a drug down to the DNA level to lower your immune system so it just doesn't fight it as quick. Mm. It's still going to fight it. So I'm on three of those, and I'm like the bubble boy now. And I went from 230 to about 158 pounds in four months. Wow. And they're like, we can't do anything. We've got to take out your colon. And they were – I mean, these are great docs. They're like, um, you know, you'll have a hole here. You'll have a colostomy bag. It's going to break. It's going to leak. Uh, you'll need multiple surgeries. I don't know how we're going to do the surgery without getting some infection. So you're going to probably be in ICU for who knows how long. Uh, you're sterile. I'm like, well, can I donate sperm? They're like, no, you're sterile already. So no kids there. You'll be on about six grand worth of drugs for the rest of your life every month. And um, you still have an 80% chance of cancer. They said like any type of bowel issue, your chances of cancer goes up to 80%. So how quickly did you write out the bucket list and you were like, okay, what well, we're going to do about this, that, and the other in yeah. the next... 30, uh, did they give yeah. you a, like they said, hey, one, one doc, week, if you just one and a half weeks. What? They told you you would live for one and no, a half no, weeks they, if you they didn't. They said we're going to take the surge, we're going to do the surge in one and a half weeks. Oh, got it. But did they tell you how long you would live if you didn't do it? Like, did they say, hey, you, this is, you know, this is incurable. You're, you're going to, I mean, is it like stage four? Like, yeah. what's the so equivalent here? Steve, what they said is with ulcerative colitis, that's your lower intestine. It was the disease is spreading to the small intestine, which is then Crohn's disease. And they're like, once you get, once you get Crohn's colitis all at the same time, you can't absorb anything. Mm. So then you're just a matter of wasting away. Mm. So they give you that nice under a year. Ugh. Yikes. So you're a week and a half out yeah. from, from doing the surgery, looking at a lifetime of a colostomy bag, looking at six grand a month in, in, in mm-hmm. medication and being, well, already sterile at that point. Uh, what... What was going through your mind? I mean, it must have been – you're a fighter. I mean, look, you're an Italian guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you grew up with a you know, tough Italian family. I'm sure you got that, you know, strong Italian mm-hmm. mom on the whole nine, right? So what was going yeah. through your mind? I just well, it was I the can't mom. even imagine. Yeah, it was the mom thing, right? So I go home to see my mom, and I have a mother who lost her husband. She lost two sons already. I had a brother who died of a heroin overdose that she found. Mm. That's a whole other oh, story. Geez. And another brother died of freak accident. So this is her story. And so she sends out their prayer email to everybody. And, and uh, everybody. So your dad died too? At 21. Uh, yeah, in, in 1998 he died. When you were 21, your dad mm-hmm. died. So mm-hmm. she had lost her husband, two of your brothers. Mm-hmm. And this is now me. And there's just the three of you. The yeah, three, that would the be three it. kids. Uh, yeah. I'm the youngest. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so that's it. That's what she's facing. So she's the prayer warrior, right? So she sends out the email and everybody's saying, hope the surgery goes well. And then one person says, listen, he was my anatomy teacher from 10th grade, my sophomore year in high school, says, I want to see Chris when he comes into town. So I go to town, and I wish I could say, but I was, I was very into, I, I did it all. Like, I mean, if they told me to take this regime of medications, I did it just so I could, I, I, I wanted, I just wanted to be better, so yeah. I didn't mess around. And so I came home, and there's my anatomy teacher. He's like, listen, I need you to go see my doctor. He's a corrective care chiropractor. It'll change your life. And I looked at him. Like it was freaking nuts, number one. Yeah. And insulted. Because I'm like, listen, I just went to the top four docs in the world. And, uh, but I, I, I appreciated them. I'm like, thank you. I for- mean, I'd venture to guess in kind of an old school Italian family, alternative medicine, spiritual woo, like yeah. that whole nine was not kicked around a whole lot. Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> you mean this guy down the road in Sarasota, Florida, who has an office in his house? Right. There are quacks. I, I mean, they're like, you know, I mean, why would you, why would you even contemplate that, Chris? Like, you know, let's get you, the, yeah. let's get you real medicine on this. Let's get you real right. doctors on this and let's see whatever we can do to extend 
whatever time you have. But something inside of you said, what? What was the voice? It wasn't me. It was I told him, listen, I appreciate you so much, but, you know, I tried everything. I, I'd done it all. And if you're listening right now, if you're going through a tough time financially or health-wise or relationship or even business, I tell people, always pay attention to the people, the, the lyric in the song, the, 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 the line in the movie that might change your perception forever. And this is what he told me, Steve. He goes, um, you didn't try everything. He goes, because if you tried everything, you would have had your health. Mm. And I looked at him and it like woke me up because I didn't realize I had slowly become a victim and I slowly lo- lost hope and I even justified the reason I was. Mm. I was like, oh my God, he's right. So it was just enough, Steve, to say, okay, I'll, I'll give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And so I went to see this guy and he taught us everything we know. Your brain controls everything. Yes, yes, yes. But he showed me a blind spot I didn't know. So I had a lot of damage in my lower spine and those nerve roots go to your um, lower intestines and I had damage uh, right below my skull that protects your brain stem where your immune systems comes out. So I, I did have blind spots that I know about. So a lot of times when we're going in life and we're trying to hit these goals and we're getting frustrated, that's why having a coach, having a mentor, having uh, an outside perspective is so important because when you're in the bottle, you don't see the label, you know? So yeah. it's so nice to someone to say, hey, there's your blind spots. You know, it's interesting though, yeah. man, and, and maybe there is a correlation, maybe there mm-hmm. isn't, and I would, be, I, I, would be, I would be really curious to know if any of your peers are experiencing this at all. But what you're describing to me really sounds a lot like what happens when, when you do squats, right? I mean, you put all of that pressure on the back of mm-hmm. your neck and then, you know, be, I mean, literally you're straining, I mean, ridiculous. I mean, to get your legs and your body the way that it is, you are straining all of the time, right? So the combination of that amount of weight on the back of your neck, pinching wherever that area mm-hmm. is, and then everything being in your core. Right. And, you know, and I would I would venture to guess when you started having problems, you know, with just losing control, so to speak. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you've got that much strain and and strenuous activity going on, having a little bit of prolapse or having, you know, some leakage or those kind of things. It's probably not unusual for bodybuilders who are straining the way that Mm -hmm. they are. I mean, I remember doing squats back in the day and it's hard, you know, but then you combine that with what you're just describing in terms of your lower back. And in terms of what's going on right below your brain, kind of where the brain, like, I just wonder if there was any sort of connect or if they ever found any sort of correlation between that. Oh, oh, sure. Just, I mean, just even gravity alone, just mm-hmm. compression over time. It's almost like if that spine's misaligned, all you need is some gravity and let alone throwing running or treadmill work or 400 pounds on your back for sets of 20. Yeah. Of, of course. But see, the thing is, but I was, I was stubborn. Those little things that happen on a daily basis, it's mundane, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we don't realize the compound effect that has over time. So whatever caused it, it was there. There it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that works to your benefit. It also works to your detriment. I mean, you think about right. it, you know, day after day after day, that's how you build 20 inch arms. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just those little things over and over again. Same thing with your thoughts, right? I mean, those, those little negative thoughts that you have, over time compound and give you this sense of, of who you are that could work to your detriment and vice versa. Well, and you to know, your those point, positive thoughts, it works to your benefit. And to your point with the blind spots, it's, you had the best of the best that were helping you. But sometimes it shows when someone's so specialized in their thing that they're blind to those same blind right. spots too. Mm-hmm. They wanted to help you. They were doing all they could to help. Nothing against the doctors. Yeah. But they didn't study that particular modality. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't understand. You know the. Just I can't. I want to hear more about yeah. the next piece. So but. you said no to the surgery. You ended up saying no to it, right? Yes. Ended and up the, saying no. What did mom say about that? Well, well, she was she's a wreck, you know. But 
the doctor told me this, Steve, and this is what I loved about it. You know, Marion Williamson has a quote that says, there's no enlightenment in shrinking to the insecurity of others. Meaning that I cannot become so sick to help another sick person or so impoverished to help another impoverished person. This doctor did that to me. So as much as I was whining and justifying, I said, listen, doc, when am I going to get better? Because that's all I wanted to know. Yeah. Like, you're just another false hope. He's like, listen, as long as you have that damage there, that blind spot, your body's not in the condition to be able to heal itself. Mm-hmm. And he pointed at me, he goes, but when you choose to correct your problem that you have that's affecting your life and your future, then your body will go back to its natural state of well-being and be able to heal itself. He's like, the day and the hour you're asking me? He's like, that's not yeah. up to me. That's between you. That's up to you. He goes, but you will get better if you don't quit on yourself. And, and I realized I was looking for a false savior, right? Someone else to help me. And he just put it back on me that, no, this is about your choice and what you do with it. Hmm. And, and you sticking to it. No matter if you think it takes three months, it might take three, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Who knows? This right? anatomy teacher must have, he must have been closer to you, though, than the story alludes. Because, you know, here it is. How many years later? You said 10th grade. So that's what, at least six years or so later. Well, no, not, not that much. But it's later. Yeah, later. And you got an email or your mom sends out an email, you get a reply back from your anatomy teacher. He's at your house when you come home. So even though you were like, eh, maybe even a little insulted, as you said, you obviously had to be close at some time with this guy. Steve, my anatomy teacher was the cool teacher you had in school. Mm-hmm. We all know that's cool teacher. He would curse a couple times, and we thought that was the coolest thing in the world. But I think he was just someone who was really convicted. And when yeah. you're convicted of something, you're willing to get out of your seat and tell someone because it might help you. Mm-hmm. And that, that little bit of extra conviction to help save someone, but it was my choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish I could tell you a week later it was all better. Uh, no, it was uh, so seven take, months take, later. So yeah. take us through exactly yeah. what, what you did. Because uh, in March, I actually, so I, I, um, I had bleeding um, from the butt for uh, a few years off and on that actually turned out to be hemorrhoids, yay, me. Um, But because of the bleeding, I went in and got a colonoscopy. They found polyps. They got the polyps out. Went in for another colonoscopy, clean. Went in for another colonoscopy, more polyps. Mm -hmm. Turns out that they were able to get some of them out, but one of them was actually in my cecum, uh, and it was large. It was overgrown. They couldn't take it out. The only way to really take it out was to uh, literally take out the cecum, which is connected to the appendix, so the cecum, the appendix, and then part of the uh, intestines, the colon, I think also a piece of that had to come out in order to get rid of that piece. I was, you know, look, I've got kids. I look at my kids, you know, 14, 11. My wife, we've been married now 21 years. I knew that going this natural route was not an option because I was told point blank, you can leave it in, but it will turn into cancer. It, it may, it's precancerous now. It, you know, it's not cancerous now, but if you leave it in, it will absolutely unequivocally turn into cancer. There was no option for me. Like, I knew, I, and, and believe me, I got all the emails from folks saying, you know, hey, go this natural route. You know, we can wish it away. We can pray it away. We can spiritualize it away, whatever. And I was like, fuck no. You know, like, I, I'm just, I'm not taking that chance. Like, I'm, get it out of me. I was in the hospital for like four days, and, you know, everything, knock wood, is, is fine. But I can't, uh, I, I couldn't imagine going down that path. You went down that path because I'm just not a believer in epigenetics. I'm just not a believer that you can heal yourself in that way obviously there was a part of you that was like i've got to try this and see what's possible because the alternative really sucks so what actually did you do like what were the like was this a praying thing was this uh like did you did you squeeze your middle finger every day for three minutes like what what did you actually do 
You know, I think, Steve, what you just said was profound because, you know, when we had that gut feeling, like Steve was like, you said, fuck no. For yeah. me, there was something inside me that says, and I believe we both made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you for sure did. No, and you for sure did. But that's what we're going to understand. Like, yeah. I believe that when I can never judge people's decision because they have to go on their gut instinct. And mm-hmm. if it was the wrong decision, well, there's course corrections. It's just like you can never regret that. So what it was is my spine was misaligned and damaged, putting pressure on the spinal cord of nerves going to my colon area. So even if they took out the colon, the true, the cause, that cause was still there. So that was my, my, my blind spot, my missing piece of the puzzle. So in correcting that and taking pressure, ease off that, those nerves so the energy from the brain could get to those areas correctly, then those cells were able to heal. So even if they started resetting... So this is through a chiropractor? Yes. You went to a chiropractor who realigned your spine and... Through a corrected care model. So it's like he literally took a picture so I could see it. I have to see it. Yeah. Okay, it's 20 degrees off. And then three months later, another picture. It's 12 degrees off. So I, I needed objective data. Yeah. Don't t- I'm not going to go on how I feel. I need to see that it's working. Mm-hmm. And so that corrected care model was the one that I could actually see it. And now food-wise, I ate good. Mm-hmm. You were already eating yeah, good. So, I mean, you're physically... Yeah. So, I mean, Steve, that's why for me, I was like, because you know what's frustrating? I was driving down the road and I see people lined up at Sonic and McDonald's for breakfast. I'm going, I don't do any of that, but yeah. they're doing freaking amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that was, I realized I was on the wrong map of what health was because I was like, I don't understand. I'm doing it because that was the blind spot. I didn't know I, that, that, was, that, that I had going on. Mm-hmm. And that, that whole journey took me to that. And then within mm-hmm. seven months, uh, for my body to, to not bleed anymore and be able to be able to heal myself from that experience. I'll say, and then you'll talk about this soon in the future, that it was an experience I went through. I don't claim it. It was not a disease. It was an experience mm-hmm. because it really, truly became the greatest blessing, teacher, gift in my life. I could, I could, we could sit here and talk about stories and laugh. I could literally laugh my ass off with you. And people are like, how can you laugh about that? I'm like, because it, it was never mine. It was an experience. And it really taught me. And what, what came up, the last 16 years, what came about in my life because of that journey. So you're, you're 44 uh, now? Is that? Uh, no, 41. 41. Okay. So it, is that so what led you to chiropractic? Yeah, that's absolutely exactly, right. I mean, Steve, just like you thought, Cairo, same with me. I was like, but Quacks, they're, they're just going to squeeze on your back a little bit. Like these guys, you know, what, what are they, you show know, me what some are they proof. really doing? Right, show, show me, me some, some proof. proof. Yeah. And I was like, but now I had an experience, and that's better than any research. I'm like, oh, wow. So I had this experience, and it gave me a, it gave me a what? It mm-hmm. gave me my what? Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's a bigger, it's a purpose bigger than my fear. This is my what? I'm going to be able to get there. And then in two, I went back to school. You know, I got my doctor in there, and then in 2005, we opened up our practice. And we became the largest clinic in the history of the world in chiropractic. We well, saw, you got the best fucking story. Dude. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty easy yeah, to right? sell people on the benefits of seeing a chiropractor. Now, and here's the chiropractor who is the living proof yep. of the benefits of what happens when you see the right guy. And so, that was my sole marketing strategy, yeah. period. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, and you don't have to say when, when you have a story like that. Yeah. You don't have to avoid what every other doctor has to avoid. Oh, we cure this, we cure that, you know, because you can't use that cure yeah. word, right? But you go, I don't know, it's what ha- you know, yeah. this is what happened with me. Yeah. And I mean, it would be great to, to dive into like how you actually built that practice. Yeah. But unfortunately, we don't yeah, have yes, time uh, for that. But let's just put a little, yeah. little bit of perspective on it where you guys were actually seeing, what, about 2,100? Yeah, 21, 21 to 2,800 a week for years. 2,100. So yeah. how big was this practice? How many chiropractors did you have working for? Uh, and were you still hands-on at the uh, time? I was always hands-on. You I, were always I, hands-on. I would see myself about six, 700 people a day. 
and I just got extremely efficient. How do you do that? You didn't work out anymore. That's well, how right, you I guess buff. so, right? <laughs> a lot like tables. Boom, 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 boom. And then I had the whole team. It was like no one, the whole team. I had my whole team, and I just they let me do my thing. I had an associate in there, but. It was, uh, but it you, was fun. so you get to this point. You got twenty one hundred people coming in through yeah. through the week. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. paying a hundred bucks a pop or whatever yeah, it is, two hundred bucks a pop. You're 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 making really good money. One facility, multiple facilities. What, where did I, it peak? I did it in one facility. One facility. You know, one facility. Three hundred square feet. No, thirty six hundred <laughs> square feet. No, and, and we, uh, yeah. we 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 grossed uh, between two and three million over a ten year period of time. Okay, so you're making great money on paper. Yeah. Your health sure. is there. I mean, you're, you're getting yeah. paid. You're helping people. You're living your what. Things are great. And you're depressed as shit. 36 years old. Checked off all the boxes. Lamborghini in the garage. Paid the poor house. Debt-free. Beautiful two healthy boys I was never supposed to have. Justice and Titus. Oh, you, healthy wife. Okay, so the kids came after you were yeah. dying. Oh, I yeah. missed that part. Wow. No, you didn't miss it. This is, it's, mm. it's there. It's like... Okay, I, ch- I, I did what society told me would be successful. So you thought you were firing blanks, and the wife's like, "Hey, uh, no, nah, no, we, Chris, <laughs> yeah, no, we're good." <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, again, press. you check all the boxes, right? Mm-hmm. You got the house, you got the money, you got the Lambo, you got the kids, you got mm-hmm. the beautiful wife. The, I mean, geez, what don't you have? And depressed? None. Like suicidal? No. Um, super. He- I could heavy depressed, mm-hmm. like unmotivated, a numb, disengaged. Was this just a burnout, though, man? You can't go on that grind. How long? How long were you going on the grind for the twenty one hundred patients a week? Um, a while, but it was it was it was different, Steve. Like I was, there was something. There, I felt there was like this unfinished business, or like this beast in this cage type of feeling. And and I could, I wouldn't tell you about it. Maybe I would, knowing you now. But it's like, because who am I going to tell about this without mm-hmm. them saying you're ungrateful? Yeah. And uh, because I wasn't ungrateful. And then uh, one of the days I was in my home office and I heard my son go to my mom because I was, I was starting to act off. And my son goes, hey, mom. He goes, what happened to dad? And he said it the exact way I heard it. Like, what happened? He's not the same dude anymore. What did your mom mm-hmm. see in you? Were, what's your mom seeing in you? Because she, she knows you better than anybody at this point. So My mom thought my first steps were on water. She thinks I'm the greatest they never. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a typical mom. She, oh, you're great. Oh, take it easy. You know, she's so. My mom always wants me to relax. Don't worry. You know, like, yeah. hey, let me make you something. You know. Right. And my wife didn't know what she's like, babe. I don't know what to tell you. And and uh, so I, I said, listen, can you give me about a couple of days by myself? Because I, what I, I said, I'm going to start to question my purpose. Mm. And when I would say, why am I doing this? I'd say, well, I'm going to help people. And I found myself saying the success one-on-one answers a lot of people like to answer well i'm gonna help people god first family second it's like if i really look at your life it's not you know mm-hmm. so and i really got down to it where my why it just came out of frustration i just wanted to be admired for achieving great things and doing something in the world that it's never seen before which That's you didn't why. feel like you were doing no because i was living a secret identity and what my identity was is i was living out other people's values for my life mm-hmm. my identity was in being the doctor and my identity was that I would never accept ap- appreciation, thankfulness, or gratitude from my patients, my peers, or my colleagues. Because I was raised in a dogma that anything near pride, ego, was considered anti-God, sinner, bad person. So I swung to this element of false mm. humility. And all it did was just destroy my value and, and self-worth. Mm-hmm. And then resented because there was that little part of me is like, hey, I want to pat myself. You know, I want to feel yeah. okay for doing something. And... Um, I wasn't all those feelings depressed and I'm disengaged. 
I realized I was living half my potential or that half my life. So that other half of my potential in life was, was tormenting me. And I was really grieving. If you're listening right now, when I say this phrase, you'll know if it's you. I was grieving my potential that entire time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, did you quit the practice? Does the practice still run? And you were you know, just letting other people run it now because you've still got the cash flow from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just trying to understand how you make the yeah. transition because a lot of people get stuck right. on the transition. No, no, you're right. I mean, so, you had money in the bank, so you were able to do it. Like, mm-hmm. were you saving money? Yeah, well, we, I mean, we were just... We, we're very. You got the Lambo. You're not away. saving that much money, no, right? I mean, but it, I have the title too. I mean, it was like we're very like, it's it's uh, we're not going to do something that's we're going to go, you know, under under uh, underneath for. So yeah. it was it was good. We 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 were good and we saved we saved a lot, but we had associates in there and I'm still in the practice, but I, I'm still feeling heavy. And I knew how to move forward and I saw the definition of hero through that. And the definition of hero is one who is admired or idealized for courage, contribution, outrageous achievement, and nobility. And I, I could woke me up. I'm like, that's like my purpose statement. That's what I want to be. And mm. I woke at that. I go, oh, my God, that was the, the signpost of my entire life. You know, I was the kid in the superhero pajamas. I worked out to look like a hero. Um, so I had the car. I, ha- I had the contribution in my life and the achievement. But I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the courage to allow myself to be really who I was created to be and to expand mm. and to make that transition, Steve, because it was so easy to stay in that clinic. Mm. So I decided to embrace that hero and move forward with the I Am Hero Project and the whole journey I went through to transition into what I'm doing now, uh, allowing the practice to run, seeing that practice take a hit, all these things, and it's so easy. I just want to go back and I could just mm-hmm. totally ramp it up again, but knowing that it, it, I would be unfulfilled and I would go right back to that spot. So what, how would you define what you are meant and made to do at this point in your life? All right, I, I help resurrect heroes from the complacency of their secret identity by allowing them to live heroic lives again by, here's the key word, by expressing and experiencing true love now. I mean, that's not about checking off the boxes. We need to be doing it now in every area of our lives. Because mm-hmm. I lived this conditional life. I lived a life that society, it, 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 I, they inject and imposed their values on our lives. They reward, they educate, they, they promote, they even medicate mediocrity. Mm-hmm. We're told what to think and what to do, and we're never given a chance on to think for ourselves and allow ourselves to be who we wanted to create to be. So what do we do as we're growing up? We put on this fake suit to conform and fit in, and we look in the mirror in our 30s or 40s and say, I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. And that could lead to drugs, cheating, affairs. And for me, at 2016, Steve, I put it into bodybuilding mm-hmm. because I knew I'm going to put this energy, and it could be very destructive, or I could go and do something. It just that that wasn't an affair. It wasn't drugs. It wasn't alcohol. It wasn't anything to distract me because I didn't yeah. know what was going on in my life. And you listen, you might not know what's going on with your life, but what if it was that you never really, it's about remembering who you were versus living out over the people's values. So is there like a, what I might call like an I am hero framework yeah. or is there a particular process that you take people yeah. through to help them dig that mm-hmm. out? And then what, how do you help people then? I have a four-step methodology called Hero Rising. And so the first one is embracing the hero mindset. And it just, it's counterintuitive to what society has taught us. I just, mm-hmm. just what would you talk about, Steve? And uh, like one of them is like become a potentialist instead of a perfectionist. And I just have these, it's even counterintuitive of, per, of old school personal development because it is kind of embracing some pride that, you know, I am important. My message is important. I don't have to be this meek person. I could stand up and, and do what I need to do. Uh, but then we need to maximize our superpowers. What are the gifts and talents? What is my what, right? Mm-hmm. And what do I love doing? What gives me like, what makes me sweat? It makes me feel I'm in my lane and in my zone. But then 
we need to choose the vehicle of influence. That's the third step. So a lot of people are like, well, I'm not a speaker like you, but maybe you're great on voice. You're great on video. Maybe you're an amazing writer. So we all have vehicles to get or be able to get our message out. But here's the key. Everybody wants to do what they love to do, but they don't know how to monetize it. How can I do what I love to do and now make a living out of it? So I yeah. – and this is where the fears and fogs come in. So for me, going into the whole internet space, like, well, I don't know how to do a funnel. I mean, like, you get all – so mm-hmm. we think about all the fears and fogs, the things we can't do, and we focus on that crap. Time goes by, and we just say, you know what? I do have good benefits. My life is okay. And they right. just – they go back into the fat cat syndrome. So now I have people team up with other superheroes because there's people that you don't know how to do a funnel. I'm just using a funnel. There's someone who's a superhero in that. Mm-hmm. So team up, hire, uh, partner with other people that are your weaknesses. It shrinks time, shrinks the learning curve, and it keeps momentum. And you can actually now live the life that you want to versus living this life you thought you had to. Mm-hmm. So give us an, uh, an understanding of what – what someone can do like i mean obviously they can work with you and get more information what where where is a place that folks can go if they want more information well we we, we kind of talked a little about the the hero secret sauce a little bit today so yeah. if you just go to iamhero.com forward slash secret just secret one t mm-hmm. um you'll get the the pdf and the hero sauce master class mm-hmm. basically everything we had talked about in my life i distilled it down to good six principles you could apply to your life now and get a win and with videos, it's a whole master class, and that's my gift to you. And there's some other courses you'll be able to see that, that if it's relevant to you. Mm-hmm. And if you want, you know, the best way to just keep the conversation going is if you just go to Instagram under mm-hmm. Dr. Zeno or Facebook. I put out content every single day on stuff like we're talking about. I answer all my DMs. I answer all the comments because that's true social media to me. And we could just keep this conversation going. So let, that's just the, the best way to go from that point. Yeah. Nice. So as you as you look back, then I mean it's been I mean a hell of a ride, right? Right. What what are some of the things that as you look back on, what do you really look in terms of? I mean, at the time you felt like you know this this is something that I I'm just I can't believe I'm having to go through this. I mean, obviously the sickness and so on, but what are some of the things that you now look at as as true gifts that others might be going through right now? The, the gift was the unknowns. You know, I always thought I had life plan, and we always think we have life plan, but we only look back and say, oh, that's why I went through that unknown. And it's in the micro, it sucks. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unknowns that totally suck, right? But then you get to see, well, look at that journey that put me on that I never would have thought of. And look, it, it actually brought me to a level or a place in my life I never dreamed of and met people I never would think of. So we're so afraid of the unknowns and the uncertainty, but like a child, they embrace that stuff. So mm-hmm. in the unknown is where the next step is, is where the next relationship is, is where the opportunity, the new idea, it's where the genius is. It's really where life is created and the next desire, that next peak, that next uh, uh, level of boxes you want to check off appear, and that allows you to expand and keep on growing. So when you feel that unknown, don't live Groundhog Day. Like, wake up. What is the, the unknown variables that could actually change the course of my life and embrace the heck out of them? For yeah, sure. Yeah, love it. What's the next big goal? The next big goal is to take this uh, I Am Hero project around the world, for sure. Mm-hmm. Without you, a doubt. And how do you plan on doing that? Through spreading the word through, I mean, yeah. you got your video guy here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the- you're, you know, you're, you're doing the Instagram stuff, the social mm-hmm. stuff. How, how do you plan on taking it global? Well, we have the I Am Hero project. We just finished that. It's a 40, you know, 40 video uh, uh, digital course that came out really nice. And then that'll start going there from there. Then we'll build intensives and, and more scalable items, you know, from there. And then really start hitting different world markets and traveling in that way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Nice. How old are your boys now? Uh, Justice is 11 and Titus is 5. And what, uh, what, what, what's the most important thing you want them to know? 
I want them to see that their dad and what I could do for their dad is always love them for whatever they choose to do. And if they want to change their mind, they could change their mind. But when I see that thing that they love, like my son Justice, he liked karate. I never did karate in my life at all. At three, he says, I want to go in that place. We just came back from Vegas last week. He did his fourth world championship in a row, came back a world champion at 11 as a black belt. And uh, he meets Chuck Norris all the time because it's Chuck Norris's art. So I, get, I had a lot of Chuck time last week, nice. and it's amazing. And, but my son, in one aspect, what he loves to do, he's focused. He's, a, he's, he's so focused. But then he's also an 11-year-old. Yeah, who plays video games. So it's amazing when you see that child, when you see the, the buffet of life, when they lock on to something, I go all in. And uh, he might make a 30 on a test in school, but daddy, daddy doesn't get too mad at that because I, I'm pouring into what he loves to do. And I, I want to just, I, I want that to be the pattern of his life. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, look, we'd, we'd love to chat with you all day long. And Lord knows that uh, you know, from a business perspective, there was probably a, a hundred different rabbit holes we could have gone down there just in terms of helping people really understand how to crush it with whatever it is that they're truly fired up to do. But uh, we'll save that conversation for another day yes. and uh, encourage folks to connect with Dr. Chris Zano, Z-A-I-N-O, yeah, on, uh, on Instagram and uh, Facebook and I would assume the other usual suspects as well, man. But Really appreciate you. Really appreciate the work that you're doing with I Am Hero and uh, and everything else. So for Richie Ote and Mary Goulet, um, Steve Olsher, we'll talk to you guys next time here on Reinvention Radio. Take care. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit ReinventionRadio.com. You were born to do one amazing thing. But most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're in a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, then the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Olsher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many people get on the right path and clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step to realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting the reinventionworkshop.com today. No more delays. No more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to the reinventionworkshop.com today. That's the reinventionworkshop.com.